Welcome to It's Giving Sauce, the podcast where the line between the intriguing and the unsettling is blurred. Every episode, we dive deep into the world of true crime and scandals, bringing you the most suspicious and jaw-dropping stories from around the world. There's so much crazy stuff going on, and we need to talk about all of it. Bizarre happenings, scams, cults, crimes, or controversial figures, we're here to dissect it all. Nothing is off limits. Join us as we unpack and comprehend this week's story. Remember, if it's giving sus, stay curious and stay skeptical. Warning. This episode contains discussion of extremely sensitive topics. Please check the show notes for more details before proceeding. Please take caution when listening. The Natalia Grace story involves complex and conflicting details that have led to significant public debate and legal intrigue. Natalia Grace is a Ukrainian-born individual with a rare form of dwarfism known as spondyloepiphyseal dysplasia congenita, or SEDC. Natalia was adopted by Michael and Christine Barnett in late 2010. At the time of adoption, she was believed to be a six-year-old child, as indicated by her Ukrainian birth certificate dated September 4, 2003. However, the Barnetts soon suspected that Natalia was older than her stated age. Conflicting medical tests added to the uncertainty. For instance, a family doctor ordered a bone test in 2010 that suggested Natalia could be at least 14 years old, while a separate test in 2012 indicated she was around 11. Additionally, a physician at Peyton Manning Children's Hospital in Indiana assessed her age to be around 8 years old in 2010. In 2012, the Barnett successfully petitioned an Indiana court to change Natalia's legal age, shifting her birth year from 2003 to 1989, which made her legally an adult at the time. This change in legal status was significant as it affected Natalia's dependence on the Barnetts. The situation escalated when, in 2013, the Barnetts moved to Canada, leaving Natalia in an apartment in Lafayette, Indiana. This led to charges against them in 2019 for neglect. However, Michael Barnett was cleared of all charges in October 2022, and the charges against Christine were dismissed in March 2023. Natalia Grace's story drew significant attention, with various accounts and interpretations. Christine Barnett accused Natalia of exhibiting antisocial and violent behaviors, including threats of violence against the family. In contrast, Natalia has consistently maintained that she was a child at the time of her adoption. She has refuted allegations of deceit or harmful behavior. A recent development in the case includes DNA testing that suggested Natalia was closer to 22 years old, aligning more with her claim than the Barnett's allegations. Since the Barnett's departure, Natalia was informally taken in by another Indiana couple, Antoine and Cynthia Manns, who attempted to legally adopt her. The Manns family has not reported experiencing any deceptive or aggressive behavior from Natalia. The case of Natalia Grace raises numerous questions about the adoption process, the determination of age in legal contexts, and the challenges faced by individuals with rare medical conditions. The case became a topic of public fascination, with people divided over whom to believe. Some sympathized with the Barnetts, viewing them as victims of a sophisticated deception, 
While others saw Natalia as a vulnerable child abandoned by her adoptive parents, there was no definitive resolution to the case, with ongoing debates about Natalia's true age and the ethics of the Barnett's actions. Maybe an introduction's needed, maybe not. We're back again in a different studio. Me and my pal, Meg. Meg is the perfect person to go over this episode with us because we watched this together. The Curious Case of Natalia Grace. And she's, I'm just, there's so much to be said about this case. And this episode, we're gonna talk about season one. I know you've seen season two. Not all of it yet. Okay. I'll start off by saying the way that they directed this film or this series was so good. The different perspectives and the feelings that the producers were able to capture and then flip that upside down was so impressive. I've been waiting. I've been holding off. I wanted to talk about season one without any judgment, uh, cause just because there's so much in just in that. There's just a lot. I don't even know where to start off. How did you find this story? Because I watched 90 Day Fiance, right? Yes. And they had like true crime documentaries. And I think it's through them. I think I only got through one episode and then I waited for you. I was like, yeah. you have to watch this. This is fucking crazy. We have to do it together because I literally have the chills right now thinking about it. Like, is this really happening? I still don't know how I feel about it. And I think that's what really makes it such an interesting story. I was watching a behavioral analysis <laughs> What's it called? Not behavioral analysis. When they're like watching how you speak and you talk, right? Psychoanalysis? I don't know. No, maybe like a language something, whatever. Okay, there's four dudes. They're very smart. Some have a British accent and they're like going through all of this story. But the content that they're using is when Natalia was on the Dr. Phil show. Today. I just want people to hear my side. In a Dr. Phil exclusive. A story making headlines around the world. Was this adopted Ukrainian orphan? Are you a 33-year-old scam artist? Masquerading as a six-year-old child. Christine Barnett tells us the girl she adopted was no child at all, but a fraud who tried to kill her family. She's painted you as an evil dwarf who's going to poison their coffee or stab them in their sleep. Natalia would simply tell us very coldly and very directly, I'm trying to kill the boys. Now, they say you scammed them, lied about your age, and terrorized them. She speaks out. It's not true at all. For the first time. Why did they want to get rid of you so badly? Christine Barnett is being charged with neglect after allegedly dumping her daughter in an Indiana apartment. A six or seven year old child living in an apartment alone for a year? That's just not believable to me. The questions for her new family. Were you at all concerned that we could be putting the children that we have in jeopardy? The Dr. Phil exclusive. I guess it comes down to whether or not you are an evil psychopath demon child that's come over here to murder everybody. They're confused too. I don't know where I was going with that story, but I watched that last night. I think we just start from the top. We, yeah. The first episode, they talk about her being an orphan from Ukraine. They went through an agency in Illinois 
allegedly they, she didn't have paperwork they didn't have a birth certificate none of that was really an issue until the big issue and that's what natalia called it on dr phil the big like situation of why the burnett started flipping their game around but she said that she felt at first she found her home like she was welcome there she felt loved she felt like she was a part of this thing i know i'm going to put this in the intro but she deals with dwarfism and scoliosis. I remember her feeling like she was at home too because the first boy they adopted their biological son the one oh, who is like, it the biological son okay she wrote the book the book yeah she wrote a book who did uh, the, the uh, mom the mom yeah about her son and how she cured him of what? like autism it's crazy what i don't remember any of that is that true it is it's called her book is called the spark and (laughs) she made actually a lot of money off of it they do interview the son Mm -hmm. throughout the first season because Mm -hmm. he talks about natalia and their relationship what i was going back to though is i think she felt at home there too because there was other children in the house she wasn't just the only one yeah Okay, And I think she really connected with, I can't remember his name. So her book is called The Spark. Yes. And it came out in 2013. And it says, it is the extraordinary memoir of a mother's love, commitment, and nurturing, which allowed her son, originally diagnosed with severe autism, to flourish into a universally recognized genius and how any parent can help their child find their spark. Today at 13, Jacob is a paid researcher in quantum physics, working on extending Einstein's theory of relativity. He was diagnosed at age one with severe autism. At age three, he was assigned to life skills classes and his parents were told to adjust their expectations. Christine's Barnett belief in power and hope and the dazzling possibilities that can occur when we keep our minds open and learn to fuel a child's true potential changed everything. And then it says... She is the mother of Jacob Barnett and his three younger siblings. She runs a daycare that includes both typical and special needs children. She is also the founder of Jacob's Place, a nonprofit organization designed to help children with autism, as well as award-winning sports league for autism, for children with autism. What? Okay. All right. Whoa. This is like a whole nother level because they adopted Natalia in 2010. So she was working on this book or finishing it up and it's in the publishing phase. We don't know. And it came out in 2013. Right after she was adopted. So now my brain is going to scammer alert that they did this adoption to double down and be like, see how good we are with like helping these people. Or maybe this is just a theory they were trying to maybe do some of her magic curing healing on her and it didn't work and she got pissed (gasps) mind blown right whoa i need to know how she also cured autism because i need some help myself and that's just a miracle like why isn't she just helping the world then And a lot of people with autism are extremely smart. I don't think she made him smart. I think he was smart and he still has autism. 
yes yes and we're not professionals we will have a disclaimer we are not professionals but when he, they do interview him he has some characteristics that are definitely still in the realm of him maybe being a little bit socially I mean, was, different or have different interests and different types of things there's well, he was that. properly diagnosed too but you know, was no he cute. Because if they took him to Peyton Manning Hospital, where they took Natalia and tried to say that she was a different age, then was he or is this all a scam too? We need Peyton Manning. We need him to come. We need Dr. Manning. We need Dr. Manning. <laughs> Holy hell. Okay. Wild. Another layer to that. Wow. Her age at the time was six years old. So a six-year-old <laughs> going into somewhere... It, they're probably not oh i i feel they probably just feel safe there's people there's a roof over head so much shit's happened to natalia she's probably just yeah i'm good like you're a kid how do you really evaluate am i safe here or am i not they were good the barnett's such nice people helping natalia she needed a place we'll talk about the big moment because i think that's the real pivotal point and that's what natalia said to dr phil she noticed a big shift natalia was going into a surgery and then adoptive mother christine was helping her with bath time or something along those lines and she sees eight-year-old natalia has pubic hair also mentions that she thought there was some menstrual cycle residue on some of Natalia's clothing around this time. In Natalia's perspective, this is the pivotal moment when the Barnett's turn their back on her and they start believing that she isn't the age that she says that she is they go through this abusive process of trying to force the truth out of Natalia, like making her stand in the corner with her head against the wall for however many hours until she comes clean about how old she really is. She was pepper sprayed too. Yes, they did mm -hmm. pepper spray her. They pepper her. sprayed her. And I don't find out any of that until the end because we are hearing the parents' side. We are hearing Michael Barnett, the adoptive father's side through season one. He goes on to say that after that initial fine period where everybody's happy, Natalia started to get a little evil. He said she would put things like clear thumbtacks on the stairs so that they would step on them. He said that she would pee in her car seat and poop purposely while they were in the car. I would say one of the most severe accusations is that she was standing over their bed or in their bedroom holding a knife while they were sleeping. There's another one too, I think too, where she allegedly pushes one of the boys into the road with an oncoming traffic or something. There's that one too. A couple of those things don't make sense to me. First one, why does a six, seven, eight year old have access to thumbtacks? And younger, other younger children in the house. Yeah. And same with the knife situation. How did she get a How did she get a knife? How did she get a knife? Okay. Okay. The knife, right? How did, first off, how did she grab it from the kitchen? Second off, how is she standing over your bed? Unless your bed is a literal mattress on the floor. How is this <laughs> tiny individual wielding a knife over you? The accusation that she pushed the brother into the street. There's usually yeah. the gutter, the street. <laughs> sidewalk grass there's a lot for natalia to push somebody even if it was like a child of a her playful own push size i just feel like it wouldn't be and then to time it 
but when the car is passing so that he gets hit and dies and she's just this evil demented little child and their claims go on is there anything else you remember that they were claiming during that time it was something along those lines where she was just being like violent or something yeah, the violence. yeah just just being violent yeah it almost reminds me it's like they're ripping that movie off the orphan <laughs> Yeah, someone brought that up to me when I said I was going to be talking about this, but I haven't seen that. So the orphan is essentially this family. I think she's Russian, adopts a little girl. She plays it off like she's a little girl and she's freaking evil. And she like tries to hurt the kids. She tries to kill, I think, the mom and dad and get their money. And apparently it's like a thing that she's done before. (laughs) She just goes around to like new families and just like murdering them. Pushes like a kid into the lake, just like almost similar shit. Like she's got a knife. And when I I remember watching this and I was like, yo, this sounds familiar. Is this fucking play about us? (laughs) Am I being trolled? Like what? Adopting an older child is not an easy decision. My name is Esther. And why aren't you down at the party? I've never really seen the point of it. I guess I'm different. There's nothing wrong with being different, you know? This is an extraordinary little girl. She's very mature for her age. What is this? <laughs> I want to know, I don't know if you can look it up if you're on your laptop, what year yeah. that came out. Because if it was around 2009 or 10, I'm concerned that they were ripping 2009. Off. No. 2009. No way. You're yeah. lost. Lost their baby, adopt a nine-year-old girl. Dude. So they just copied the whole ass script. <laughs> they the just orphan. copied this movie. <laughs> They're like, this sounds good. What? That's mind blowing. I Cause you said <laughs> I watched it a few years ago. So I'm like, okay, probably like 2018 or something. Yeah. Literally. They just said, flip the script. Just insert new name. And then they maybe this is a theory. Allegedly, they chose a child who had a <laughs> disability so that she would physically look like a child because a, a movie is a movie. You still have to make that believable. No one's going to believe if it's actually a 21-year-old woman that this is a child. Like they had to find somebody who was actually child, a, a, actually a child. But then us as the viewers would question, is this actually a child or is this a grown woman? If anyone questioned it, it would be shut down because she has this condition that we can't really tell how old she is. Yep. In the movie, it says she has hypopituitarism, a rare hormonal disorder that stunted her physical growth and caused proportional dwarfism and spent most of her life posing as a little girl and is a violent serial killer and has murdered at least seven people. Okay, we'll play devil's advocate here. Let's say, plot twist, Natalia is an adult because we don't know how old she is. In 2009, she sees the movie. She's like, this is fucking brilliant. (laughs) I'm going to be a little kid. I'm going to put myself up for adoption in an orphanage. I'm going to get adopted by this family and I'm going to do this shit. Genius. Brilliant. Literally (laughs) brilliant. Anything is possible. But me, from what I know, from what the movie or the series presents, that's probably not the case. But hey, the time periods are lining up. Crazy. They decide to take her to Peyton Manning Hospital, which we just found out and get her some tests done so that they can determine how old this child really is. They get the test done and allegedly the pediatrician says an approximate age range of 
this and that and they get an attorney and they go to the courts and they legally get natalia's age changed did they put her at 18 or was it legally changed from 8 to 22. okay so they legally changed natalia's age from eight years old to 22 years old in the courts legally that's a big jump they couldn't do like 16 they're just like 22. That's she can go to the club, insane. literally buy alcohol, go drink. Yep. Literally just full, full woman. Okay. I guess I'm 22 now. After that happens, they're like, all right, we got the proof. She's a psycho. She's 22. This is her legal age. She, they give her an apartment. They pay three months rent. They give her some groceries. They set her up with food stamps. The neighbors start getting involved because it's this little duplex community in a cul-de-sac and they're seeing who's moving in, who's moving out. Christine, the adoptive mother, pulls up in her Cadillac and drops off the groceries for Natalia in the driveway. The This is when the neighbors are just like confused because Natalia is presenting as this small person who's maybe not having the easiest time getting around by yourself she's like trying to take in the trash can it's just not the trash can is taller than her it's not easy for her even though if the trash is empty because it looked like she's pulling it in from the street but to so. clean she's supposed to cook for herself she's supposed to do all this stuff for herself i think the other part of it too was like by the time she was adopted she was supposed to have all these surgeries done they weren't done and so i think that's caused her issues i don't think the barnett's properly did things either she shouldn't have this hard of a time walking but since she wasn't properly taken care of she's just gonna have a hard time for the rest of her life damn mm -hmm. that's just another level of like negligence yeah See Say that, that Natalia is, is 22. She's not eight, she's 22. But you have, these Barnett's, the family has adopted her, brought her home from Russia, whatever. And then they find out she's 22. Okay, let's say that's what happened. Wouldn't you feel some moral obligation to help this individual? Not without some like accommodations, like a shower she can reach, a stove yeah. she can reach, a fridge she can reach. They did not set her up with any of that. Even if she was 22 and they firmly believe that, you're just like, all right, good luck. In right. an environment that they are not able to thrive or take care of themselves. Exactly. In this apartment they put her in, they're like, we gave her furniture from our own home. It was literally like a mattress on the ground, one TV stand, and nothing. And they just had her in this apartment. She doesn't drive. Like, it, it's just not set up for success. So the neighbors start noticing. It's not like she has friends either because she's a child. They gave her a cell phone at that point so that they could call her and check in and, and all of that. So I, I guess there's that. The neighbors say that she's very unkept, very dirty clothes, same clothes on for multiple days at a time. She has an odor. And mm. Natalia tells them, I'm 22 years old. And they're like, Oh, okay. Like they, what are, like, what are they going to say? No, you're not like, I, I don't know. Two interesting things stood out to me. One was there was a neighbor who had his grandson over and he was in the garage and the grandson was playing grandsons, maybe four. And Natalia goes over there and she just starts playing with the kid. There's footage of this. And for me, she's acting like a child. She's not like 
an adult talking to a child. She's literally, she's a child. She gets on the little kid bike and they're playing and racing and laughing. And I just Mm. don't picture a 22 year old woman, even though her physical size is the same as this child. I don't see a 22 year old woman behaving and playing the way that she did. Next part that I'm remembering is there was another little boy and Natalia wanted to play with this little boy. There was some accusations that she was getting sexual with this child. Oh, and the neighbors think Natalia's 22 or 26 because that's what Natalia has been telling them. When she goes and plays with these little kids, they're thinking in their head, this is a 22 year old woman. Now there's allegations that this 22, 26 year old woman is touching these little kids inappropriately. That's obviously not okay. If she's 22, that's all bad. That's all bad. That's all wrong. That's all not okay. If she's eight, 10, 12, she just might not know. Kids do that. Who knows if that's the behavior she's learned from the 30 houses she's been in before. There's just so much shit to that. And who knows what trauma she has. Or if that's even what she was doing. Like, just because a kid is like unbuttoning another kid's pant or shirt, that doesn't mean that there's a sexual intention behind that. If it's a 22-year-old doing it to a child, different story. If it's an eight-year-old, kids do kid shit. Yeah. Yeah. The next part that we go into is Natalia's second apartment. And the Barnetts put her in a two-story apartment in the hood, to say the least. And the neighbors there also get concerned. Natalia hadn't had electricity for over three days. They stole her cell phone. The parents took her phone. When CPS got involved again and the case was like reopened at the first apartment, that's the video we were showing where the dad, the adoptive father, Michael, was there recording her like, where have you been? What did the CPS worker say when she came over here? Why is she starting this? Because there's reports on you now. So they move her. They take away her phone. She has no power for three days. It's over 16 steps to get to this fucking apartment. She's doing it, but the neighbors are watching what in the actual is going on here. I want to play one little part from that. I think this is going to be a multiple part series because there's just there's so much. How do you cover one thing in one fucking hour? Like you can't. Let me Especially share. with how long this went on. This went on for years, like from 2010 to what, like 16 or something? 2020 is when the like trial stuff was going on. Okay. Did you agree to go to Lafayette? No, I didn't know where we were going. She just 10 years later. Listen to her voice now. Just took you to Lafayette. And her face, everything. Yes. Everything. Yep. His wrinkles. And then what happened when you Lines in her face. Uh, we went and looked at an apartment. And you wanted to stay in that apartment? I didn't, but Christine told me that's where I was going to be living. So you didn't want to live there? No. There was no electricity or food. So what are the Barnett's doing here? Are they trying to keep her silent? Are they trying to get rid of her for good? I spoke to Natalia one time, and that was it. I never seen her with parents. Every time I seen her, she was, 90% of the time, she was by herself. I've been in trouble before. I messed up in life. I've been to prison. Just like I tell anybody, I got a sex offense. Oh, my God. Oh. So I think that's honestly what i'm where i'm at for today's episode this is gonna be this is gonna be episode one of natalia grace there's so much more we'll recap 
They talk to Talia, everything's fine. They get they give her a bath, they see her pubic hair, then they say she's not eight years old, that's impossible, which is not true. Menstrual cycle, also not true, but you can't be eight years old. So they get her tested at the doctor. They re-age her legally in the courts from eight to 22 years old. From there, the lovely Michael and Christy Barnett rehouse Natalia, and then the neighbors start getting weird vibes from her and saying she's playing with the kids, she's getting too friendly, she's even hitting on old men, okay? They get her out of there and remove her to Lafayette because there's an ongoing, there's a new case with CPS involved and the Barnetts have conveniently relocated themselves to Canada and to pursue their son who has been cured of autism to uh, get his master's at 14 years old. Congratulations to your son for his accomplishments. Meanwhile, back in the States, Natalia's out here with fucking billy button bob with his fucking <laughs> thing poking out with a fucking mm-hmm. sex offense on yeah. an upstairs apartment no electricity no cell phone till they bring it back to her with all the contacts wiped and she's just out there in the can't street leave. <laughs> can't leave her apartment literally if she is 22 it's fucked up it's fucked up if she's 22 if she's eight whole different aspect But the point is that I think I'm trying to make here is that they've neglected somebody who needs help, even no matter the age, she should not have been in that environment. She can't reach the stove. She can't reach the washer, no power. Like she doesn't, like she just said, she, why did you want to live with Christine? Why did you want to live with a family? Because I didn't know how to do anything. I didn't know how to live by myself. And they just dumped her off. Final (laughs) thoughts? A lot of this is being answered by Natalia now. So, yeah, and her side. And there's some really fucked up shit that they've done to her, other than what they've already said. There's more. I just think that she just wanted a family. She thought she was safe there. These people abused her, but she still felt love for them. And that's all she knew. And that's, and at first it was just so good. So she had that safe feeling. And then it got taken away from her. That's the only person or resource or anything that she had of course she would want to be with them unfortunately yeah. and sadly and she again she's a child i think we'll leave off there and we'll still rate what we watched and what we talked about today we're stopping when she was rehoused for the second time in lafayette that's where the docuseries says that this is the downfall of the barnets as we draw this episode to a close I'd like to take a moment to share any last thoughts or questions we still have with what we just watched. Part one. I would say with part one, the questions I still have are about Christine and this new information about her freaking book. And I guess we're going to learn more about that when we watch season two. And I'm also at this point, I still don't know the truth about Natalia. To go a little deeper, why would Michael and Christine treat a person like this if she was 65 22 eight years old why would they what the fuck why Ugh. i guess my questions would be why did they adopt her in the first place knowing that it was physical disability knowing that she probably had to have all these surgeries and have all this stuff done just to neglect her. Like, why did, why, why her, why did we go to this agency? And if she didn't have papers and all this stuff, like, why did you still adopt her? Any other like lingering questions or like things to ponder on? I want to know more about the book. I always want to know the motive of why they're doing this to her. I think that becomes clearer later on once you start watching the second one. So I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it today. I'm so excited. All right. 
We only have one thing left to do at this point in the episode, and that is the scale of suspicion. So what we're going to do is rate the information that we have up to this point from one to five. One being like, ah, everything's fine. It's chill. Nothing weird's going on here. To number five, call the FBI. What the actual <laughs> F is going on? And how did we get here? You go first. I'm going to go with a five, dude. Five out of five. <laughs> five out of five. What the fuck? We need the FBI. Let's go. Everybody. Everybody in. I know. And that's how we were from the first time watching this together months ago was like, what? Just so many how? questions. Like, yeah. How, when, where, why? Call 911. <laughs> Just so uncomfortably uncomfortable. Alarm bells, all that's going off. And it's a five out of five for me. Yeah. Out the gate. <laughs> and that hasn't changed. All right. I think we got it. Lastly, a note of thanks to the listeners for their participation and engagement in such a challenging yet important case. Your insights and perspectives enrich our conversation and contribute to a deeper collective understanding. Thank you for joining us in today's exploration of a truly intricate and thought-provoking case. We hope this episode has offered you new insight and perspectives. If you found this episode compelling, please consider liking, sharing, and subscribing. It's free. All you do is press the button and it doesn't a lot of people think subscription is like you're paying because that's a subscription no there's just like a follow so it's free and we appreciate it let's keep the conversation going until next time take care and stay informed and stay curious and stay skeptical I got question that, bitches <laughs> i got that right on the first try i've messed it up every other time also Thank you to our guest host, Meg. I'm sure you will be back to finish up this case of Natalia Grace because we need professional experience with this. And I'm glad we did this together because we've been in it together since the beginning. So why not being here? Yes, it was fun. I had fun. Yes. Yes. Anything sus, we're here for it. Yes. <laughs> right. I guess part two coming soon. Stay tuned. <laughs>